When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Now we're rocking. How you doing? Yes, sir. It is week two of the exhibition season. Why do I sound so excited, right? It's practice football. Your boy, Dan Cilio. National Football Show, welcome aboard with us here. It does give us content, though. You know, uh, unlike minor league baseball that gives you, like, no storylines whatsoever. By the way, let me just say this to you. Did that dude Shohei Otani hit his 40th home run last night? It pitched seven innings? Jesus criminy. Holy cow, baseball sucks. Let me tell you what. You don't make that guy to face of your league. There's something wrong with you. There is clearly something wrong with you. That guy's the best athlete that sport has had in like a hundred years. There's nobody like that. Can you imagine if that guy was playing in the National Football League? Holy cow. He'd be on every single cover of every magazine. They would have every one of his games, national television. All the big networks would carry him. The NBC Sunday night game, Monday night, Thursday night. That guy is something special. I like watching unique. I like watching greatness. And he is great. Had to say something about Shohei Otani. Seven innings last night, and he hits his 40th bomb. That would be like somebody, that'd be like Tom Brady. Let me give you the equivalent to this, okay? That would be like Tom Brady. Being Tom Brady, and then turning around, and he's Ronnie Lott in the defensive backfield. Or he's like Cam Chancellor. He's like one of those guys, and he's knocking people out. You're like, Jesus, criminy. Seeing dual sport guys or dual position guys is incredible. So I'm watching that last night, you know, getting some intel on some of the conversations that are going around all the camps. We talked about hard knocks a little bit yesterday. Now, tonight, it's football. It's week two of the exhibition season, and it's the Eagles and the Patriots. We're going to get to that here in a minute. I want to tell you who's on the program today. This is going to be more so an hour number two, so first hour is wide open for you. 
You want to leave any comments? You want to say anything? We're going to start with this game tonight, too, by the way. And exactly what I'm going to be looking for. Tony Casillas, two-time Super Bowl champion, is going to be with us. Dallas Cowboys are hard knocks. We will get his spin. I want to get Tony's thoughts, too, where he thinks they fit into the NFC East. Remember the conversation we had yesterday? Where do they fit in with the Giants, Eagles, and Washington? Where do they fit into this thing? Where do the Giants... We're the Giants. I just had a conversation with Krause. He thinks the Giants suck. And there's really a lot of not approving players on that team. He's right. He is. I do think Barkley is a proven player. He's got to prove he can stay healthy, though, doesn't he? That defense is a little bit better. But can they come back and be more consistent than they were a year ago? I think that's a question. And once again, where do these Cowboys settle in? So we'll talk to Tony Casillas, two-time Super Bowl champion, number two pick, I believe it was in the 86 NFL draft by the Atlanta Falcons. Also, the owner of four Super Bowl championships. We will talk to the legendary Bill Romanowski. I believe he was even an Eagle at one time. So we will talk to him. So we have six Super Bowls with players. See, hey, if I had to be candid with you, unless you're a – superstar writer and you're a hall of fame voter i really don't like you on the program this is kind of my cup of tea here getting players on getting their insight would you rather hear a guy who played the game we got six super bowls on the show today so we'll talk to bill romanowski that'll be in hour number two okay so let's get into this here so tonight it's going to be eagles and patriots you're going to see two different dynamics when it comes to preparing for an upcoming season here. Let's start with the Eagles here. What am I expecting to see? Now, I've got to say this because having Howard Eskin on with us from WIP earlier in the week, he says you're really not going to see a lot of Jalen Hurts during the exhibition season. He goes, he'd be really shocked if you see him play a couple series. I think that's a mistake. You know, I mean, you're going to see tonight, watch this, you're probably going to see Mac Jones and Cam Newton get a lot of snaps tonight. There's only three exhibition games. You have very few dress rehearsals as you get ready for the upcoming season. And what is the number one thing that I constantly tell you about when it comes to preparation? you got to practice game tempo. You've got to get your guys acclimated into the game. We, we, we have so few practices where you have a lot of contact nowadays because the NFL is worried about CTE all of a sudden. They don't like to have a lot of contact drills. There's not a lot of that any longer like there was back in the day where you had massive two-a-days. Hell, you were in camp for three months for two-a-days. You know, the OTAs and the you know mandatory minicamps, all that stuff seemingly is where they get a lot of intel on the roster that they're going to construct for the upcoming season. This is all teams, not just the two teams tonight that are going to play. So what am I expecting from the Eagles tonight? I, I, I want to see the depth on their football team. I want to see because, listen, I, I, you, you, look, there's, there's no question. Part of a team's success is the roster itself. And I'll say this to you. This is why what we talked about a little bit yesterday this is why you can't have your general manager involved in the game day roster on who's going to play and who's not going to play. 
the personnel department and the general manager right now want to get to the first week of the regular season of the NFL. You know what the coaches are trying to do? They're trying to figure out who to play. They're trying to figure out who's going to be a commodity when you have to have group settings or when you have personnel differences or when you have another team that's going to be completely different than the team you're playing. Say you're playing the Falcons. Then you turn around the opposite week. You got to play the Washington team. You want to find out who you have. You want to find out the versatility that you have on your roster. Very hard to do that when you really don't have control over your roster. And I think that's one of the fundamental problems that you have going on in Philadelphia. There's always a power struggle on, I mean, if I have to have a conversation, if I'm Nick Sirianni and I have to have a conversation with Howie Roseman on who plays on Sundays, there's a major problem and a major disconnect. I don't want to talk about a player and who's going to play or not play because the general manager questions on who I have um, on the field. I don't want to, I don't want to answer that question. If he wants to ask me why we're approaching the Patriots this particular way with this particular group setting, that's one thing. But to sit there and tell me on who's going to play and who's not going to play, that's a major disconnect. I don't want to have a conversation with that. That's between me and my coaching staff. So get this. This is what you have as an issue in Philly. This, where I'm going with this is I don't know what to expect from Philadelphia tonight. A couple of the starters will start. They're not, they will not be prepared like they should be prepared. Okay, this is my opinion. I think you have to get your first team guys going, and I think you have to go through dress rehearsal. And I'm not talking about scoring touchdowns. I'm talking about getting into continuity. I'm talking about getting into a rhythm. I'm talking about playing together as a unit when you're in a game-time situation. That's what I'm talking about. Practicing game tempo, practicing game situations. Put them in tough situations. Who cares about the score? Put them at a deficiency. I mean, you've got to find out, again, how teams are going to react and how your personnel is going to react when they got their goalposts against their backs. So, now, I I will say this, because we learned a little bit yesterday when we were talking to Wade Phillips. Are the Eagles doing more when it comes to these uh, scrimmages and these controlled scrimmages where – both teams have control over the scrimmage. And are the Eagles getting more of their intel on who's going to make the roster off of these scrimmages? So the way I'm seeing it, if we don't see a lot of the ones tonight on the Philadelphia side, see, you're going to see a lot of the ones on the on the Patriots side. If you don't see a lot of ones, here's what's going on. The controlled scrimmages is where they're getting their intel from the players. Howie Roseman, the general manager, and Nick Sirianni, in my opinion, are constructing their football team off the controlled controlled scrimmages instead of the games, instead of the preseason. Okay? That's That's their choice. I don't think it's the correct choice. Now, again, I've also said this to you. One thing that I don't like to do, I don't like to rip method. Because if the result comes out that they're a 10 and 7 football team, then so be it. Then guess what? Who cares what I said? You know, this is all about result here. But I've never seen teams that just lollygag into these exhibition games, don't really play anybody, and they traditionally have slow starts getting out. Now, I've also seen teams go undefeated in the exhibition season and then completely lose every game. 
I think if I'm not mistaken, that Rod Marinelli Lions team did that. They won every exhibition game, and then they went 0-16. Okay, so however you want to look at it. Now, again, that's this is why when we asked Howard, this is why when we asked Howard Eskin earlier in the week the question, what are you expecting? What do you think? I don't know. He said, you know what? Just go out there and don't have any turnovers. Show that you have command of the offense. And move the chains for as limited amount of time that you're in there. I don't even know how you get an assessment that that's your guy. From what I'm understanding, I think Joe Flacco's having a pretty good camp. Okay? I think he's having a good camp. From all conversations that I'm having with folks, including Nick Sirianni, who I texted the other day, I asked him, how good is Flacco having a camp? He goes, he's having a great camp. So... Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day there, that's a good sign there. So we'll see what happens with the Eagles tonight. Hard to assess a team that doesn't take the preseason that serious. And what I mean by that serious by playing your ones. So what am I expecting from them tonight? I don't know. Let's see how long they play their guys. Um, and let's see, by the way, let's keep an eye on this. Them not playing their guys a lot in the exhibition season. Tells me also they may be concerned about the depth on the football team. That's why they're playing a lot of the twos and threes tonight. And we'll keep an eye on how they get out of the gate. They get out of the gate and they're limping. And they're they're always behind in games. Then we can start to talk about the process a little bit. So let's see how that football team acts tonight once they get into the exhibition game against the Patriots. All right. The Patriots, what do I want to see from the Patriots tonight? There is a quarterback battle going on with the Patriots tonight. And unlike Nick Sirianni and unlike, you see, here's the difference also in the two organizations. Belichick doesn't answer to anybody. He doesn't have to get permission to play a particular guy like Sirianni does. Think about that for a minute. Nick Sirianni's got to get permission to play a certain dude. Bill doesn't. Bill plays whoever he sees fit. And he has complete autonomy over his entire roster. Nobody's telling him what to do, including his own coaching staff. If Bill has a feeling that he wants to play this guy a particular uh, set of downs, he's going to do it. He doesn't have to answer to a front office. See that stupid conversation right there? That's a waste of time. Wait a minute. Let me, let, let, let me call upstairs and see if we can play. I don't want to hear that stuff. Okay? If I'm in the middle of a game, and I'm in the middle of an exhibition season, and I want to see this player play a couple more series, I don't want to call home or call to my dad and ask my dad if it's okay if I play him a couple more series. I don't want to hear that. I want to get an assessment of who he is. And in my opinion, okay, that's why the Patriots are run by one dude. Kraft owns a team, but that football team is run by Belichick. And there is a quarterback controversy going on a little bit here. And Mac Jones, the quarterback out of Alabama, who they took in the first round, um, he's closed the gap. I think that this camp is so important for Cam Newton so that the Patriot guys do this. They've got to really get to a place where they feel comfortable that Cam has a great understanding of what Josh McDaniels offense is trying to do each and every single weekend. 
I don't really think he had a great grasp of it last year. And we saw that, especially then when he got sick with COVID-19. He missed a couple weeks. Then he came back, and he was even more inconsistent. Prior to, If you remember now, prior to going into the COVID-19 protocols, he, they were playing pretty decent. They had rolled up 300 yards in rushing in the opener against the Miami Dolphins, and they blew them right off the field. And that's how they were going to win ball games. And all of a sudden, when Cam left, they lost that continuity a little bit. Cam wasn't able to really get in any kind of rhythm when it came to the passing game. The passing game was atrocious. It had to be considered one of the worst passing attacks in New England Patriots history. Now, for the record, it's not like New England's had great quarterbacks up there. Let's not be crazy here. They've had Brady and Bledsoe, really. Right? Brady and Bledsoe. They've never really had a gigantic Tony Easton, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. He did get to a Super Bowl, I understand. But there's really never been quarterbacks up there that have really carried the mail and carried the freight for that franchise. And so we're, we're, let's not go too, too crazy here. But Cam has an opportunity, and he's got to show Belichick that he deserves that job. And I do think tonight's game is imperative that Cam takes a leap. Cam's got to show to Belichick tonight against this Eagle team. And by the way, the Eagle defense has to also show a little bit that they can stop people. New linebacking core, new-looking secondary. Completely a new, different scheme, right? Schwartz is no longer there as the defensive coordinator, so he retired. It's a completely different terminology. It's completely different on what you're being asked when it comes to skill set. So there's a little bit of a unknown also on the Eagle defense. So they're going to be tested by this Patriot offense going into this game tonight. Now, again, you know, people will say, Sills, I think you're weighing way too much into the exhibition season. That's not what I'm doing. I'm looking at fundamentals tonight. How is Nick Sirianni going to attack a Bill Belichick defense? How are the Eagles on defense going to stop a Belichick offense? Remember, you got two different variables here. One guy runs the ball a lot, and that's Cam. The other guy's a drop-back guy. So your groupings and your settings on defense, if you're the Eagles, you got to be very versatile tonight. You're going to have a lot of different looks. What's the formula that they want to have this year when it comes to winning games? It's not plus 25 plays. So if I'm getting a game plan, and and I think that's a great way to look at this game, I'm going to look at this from a defensive guy. If I'm playing for the Eagles tonight and I get my game plan, how are we attacking defensively? How are we attacking the New England Patriots tonight? You got to keep, in my opinion, you got to keep the edges set. Don't let these guys, especially when Cam's out there, don't let him get on the perimeter. Keep everything inside. See, that's the key to any defense when you're in the NFL. Don't let people get on your outside shoulder. Make everything cut back into pursuit. Keep the edges. So if you're the Eagles, don't let people get out on the perimeter. And if you're Mac, I would do disguise coverages. See if he can read defenses. Don't tip anything off. Disguise it. Gamble. I don't know if you have to blitz the kid. But to me, I think you disguise him. And let's see if he can read his progressions. Remember what I told you? Young quarterbacks will have an issue because they'll see the game through binoculars. You know, the really great ones see the game through goggles. And they could just see the entire field. 
that's just how they are, and that's what experience gives you. Like Joe Flacco, in my opinion, probably sees the entire field. Here's a guy that's won a Super Bowl. Here's the guy that's actually gone to New England. And by the way, don't be shocked tonight if Joe Flacco looks a lot better um, than you know what we've seen with Jalen Hurts so far. Because you know why? He's gone to New England and beaten a Belichick defense before when he was in Baltimore. He knows what he's going to see tonight. And there's no question, if you're Jalen Hurts tonight, you've got to be sitting next to Joe Flacco all week long going, what do you think I'm going to see on third and six? What do you think I'm going to see when I'm into the sidelines here? What, what are they going to tip off? Do they have any keys that they tip off when it comes to their coverages, when they're going man or when they're going press coverage? Is there anything they give away? Because Belichick is notorious for changing audibles on his defensive side of the ball. They'll go to odd even. You know, they'll move a guy over to center or they'll move him over to the guards. And that usually comes from your linebackers' calls. So your linebackers will be making calls. You know, as soon as the quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage, you know, if, like I said, if I'm on the Eagle side of the football here, I'm going to be, you know, looking at who's in the game here. If Cam's in the game, hey, there's going to be more of a tendency to run and try to get outside the tackles. Press everything back inside. I would even press coverage the wideouts. I'd press him at the line of scrimmage. Knock him off the routes. See if he can read. He had a horrible year last year. I don't even think he had double-digit throws for touchdowns last year. I know he had double-digit um, touchdown runs last year. But I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm on the Eagles side of the football. It's going to be all set on the personnel groupings. If I'm Jalen Hurts and I'm going against a Belichick defense, um. For me, you're going to see a lot of disguises because, believe me, when I tell you, they don't think he can read defenses yet. It's not because he's stupid. Far from it. It's just because he's not experienced yet from it. I mean, you keep the more reps you get and the lack of playing time in the exhibition season, he may be getting a ton. Now, again, all of our guys on the Jacob Media channel, they give you reports and everything that's going on when it comes to Eagle training camp. So they'll be able to tell you a little bit more because some of the guys are actually right there. And if he's getting a lot of the first snap and first team snaps, they're, they're getting a good assessment and he's seeing some things. And plus they practiced all week long with the Patriots. Jalen's got to be able to read and he's got to be able to decipher. Okay. The disguises that they're going to have out there because they're going to have a ton of them. They do it. They're not really a pressure type defense, New England. They don't like to bring blitzes. They like to rush the guys with four guys, and they like to think that they could take control of the game with their up front guys and their front seven dudes. They think they're very athletic. Some of their guys could put their hand in the dirt. Some of their guys could play in a two point stance. That's the versatility that they've always had on that defense. That's why their skill set on that side of the ball has always been who are those guys playing over there? It's because they're so versatile. They may not be the best players in the sport at their respective positions, but they're the most versatile guys. And to me, versatility is what wins games in the NFL because you're never in a – you're really never going to see this. You're really never going to see the same team every week. Okay? Like in college football, when you play against Big 12 teams, what are you traditionally going to see? Teams that don't play a lot of defense. So you know there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games in those Big 12 games. When you play in the Southeastern Conference, you know teams are going to want to throw the ball 
okay? And now more so than ever want to throw the ball. You're seeing a lot of spread offenses now in the SEC, but there's still an emphasis on running the ball and stopping the run. You stop the run in the SEC, you've taken a component away from play action. And that's what that every, – every conference and every team has an identity, not in the NFL. Everybody's different each and every single week. One team is going to be a predominantly running attack like the Titans, and another team's going to turn around and want to throw the ball all over the yard because they got a guy like Aaron Rodgers. That's your standard operating procedure. That's how they operate. So tonight, it's going to be interesting to see how Jalen plays against the Belichick scheme, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles play against a Josh McDaniel offense. On the other side, this quarterback battle that's going on between Cam Newton and Mac Jones is interesting to watch. The last couple of weeks, Mac has closed the gap. And if you're Belichick in them, you've got to decide whether or not, okay, who starts? I want to say, I, I want to hit on that too, on what in the direction that I believe that Bill's going to go in. And I think tonight's game, Patriots and Eagles have a lot to say about that. We'll hit on it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. 
is a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. football show Tony Casillas and Bill Romanowski both guys own six championship rings between them they'll join us in hour number two you have any comments we welcome your thoughts in Joey B our boy from Colorado telling us that uh Teddy Bridgewater's getting some snaps with the ones Vic Fangio said that this thing is very close between him and Drew Locke and from what I was understood from conversations with people in Denver that they were going to start lock last week and they were really going to give the opportunity to Teddy Bridgewater to see what he could do against Seattle this week. So to me, lock really hasn't shown anything, you know, since he's been in Denver. However, he has picked his game up a little bit here in the exhibition season. And some of the things that people are saying, you know, he's more focused because, Hey, sometimes when your job's on the line, that's the best time. For people to be able to do what? Be more hyper-focused. Because when your coach goes out and they make a trade or they make a move for a quarterback or for a player at your respected position, they're telling you without telling you. You know, it's it, 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 to me, it's the greatest form of telling a player to get his ass in shape or he's out of here. You think Drew Locke needs John Elway or anybody in that Denver Bronco organization to go like this. Hey, Drew, you got to pick it up this year or we're moving in a different direction. When they go out and get Teddy Bridgewater, who just signed a nice contract with Carolina last year, and they basically picked that contract up. They're paying him some decent change to be in Denver. And they're not doing that just to put him in there, just to go like this. Oh, well, you know what? We're bringing him in for craps and giggles here. They brought him in to push Drew Locke either to the starting position or out the door. Bridgewater can do that. He's a consistent player. I am a fan of him. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I'm all right. I'm not a fan of Drew Locke. Again, some exhibition games, some exhibition throws. I don't know. Do I really want to bank on him? And if I'm Fangio going into the regular season, man, I am. I may only have four games to keep my job. Do I really want to bank on that, that he's the guy that's going to keep my job for me? I find that hard to believe, and I don't know. So, yeah, there's a quarterback competition going on in Denver. There should be a quarterback competition going on in Denver. There hasn't been a quarterback in Denver since Peyton Manning left. They have not had very good quarterback play over the last five years. They just haven't. And it's been to the detriment. And that defense that they had on the other side of the football with Von Miller, it's eroding. And it's getting worse every year. Their their Super Bowl window passed them three years ago. Right now, they're just trying to get to mediocre, which is 500, I guess. So, long way to go. Long way to go in Denver to make that decision, but it's close. I found this to be, you know, funny. Before we move on here, and I want to get into a little bit of tonight's game here with the Patriots and the Eagles tonight. Um, You know, anything to make a political statement, huh? 
I don't know if you're a Madden fan. I am. Like, I'm a Madden fan. So, Callan Kaepernick is on Madden 2022? Really? And he's got an 81 rating? The guy hasn't played in four years. The guy hasn't played in four years. And he's got an 81 rating? And so even Madden's now making political statements? Jesus, criminy. He didn't have an 81 rating when he was the starting quarterback of the 49ers. Good grief. Hey, man. See, the NFL guys get the Madden game for free every year. We get a code and we can play it on our TV. Just like we get, um, you know, we, we get direct TV for free. They give it to us. They give us, they send us a code. I don't know if you saw, I posted my NFL Players Association card today. So all the guys that ever played get all that stuff for free. And I, I saw that. I was like, so Colin Kaepernick's got an 81 rating. Good grief. <laughs> what was Tebow's rating? How about 60? <laughs> about 60. Guy sucked as a quarterback in the NFL. No one's debating that. Underbird's exciting to see. Exciting for a look against the Patriots. Jordan, I'll say this to you. I, you know, I haven't talked to Howard Eskin earlier in the week. I would say this. Um, I don't know how much we're going to see Jalen Hurts tonight. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know if they're going to play him because they're getting a lot of looks when it comes to um, the, you know, the controlled scrimmages. And I think they're basing what they're seeing at the controlled scrimmages. Like they scrimmaged the Patriots this week, right? I think they're getting more of a sense of how he looks so far during the exhibition season. So I don't know how many series he's going to get. But what I am going to be interested in to see is how the O-line plays and how the defense plays against the Patriots offense and how they play against the Patriots defense. So, I mean, you know, I I would say this to you. Just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the – because I was talking to Krause prior to going on the air. and. When you look at when you look at how they attack people and how they're going to go about their business, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how many guys they play from their ones tonight. Okay, and we were talking about the offensive line. He thinks they're a good offensive line. I think they're talented. I don't know because you've moved guys around in different positions, and now you've had to do a little shuffle, a little O line shuffle. Okay, talented. Are they the best O line in the NFC East? I think they're right there with Washington. Washington obviously has a setback because they sent Trent Williams a couple of years ago to San Francisco. Trent's a great player. And for the Washington team thing to end up selling out like that and letting him go to San Francisco was atrocious. Don't let you don't let old you don't let great quarterbacks go. Like you don't let O-linemen go. You just don't let the – how many free agent O-linemen have you really ever seen on the open market? When you see great O-linemen on the open market, let me know. Because you're going to – look at what the Chiefs had to give up for Orlando Brown, bring him into Kansas City. Look at what they gave Trent Williams on a new contract. He's the highest paid O-lineman in the NFL. Guy's a heck of a player. So when you see these guys moving around and they're in their prime – and I really don't know if Trent Williams is still in his prime. You're talking about a 33-year-old dude. 
I mean, those guys don't come out on the open market very often. Kent says Madden is a sellout in mass media. I can't believe they got Kaepernick on that game. Why? He's not part of the NFL anymore. So you're making a political statement. It makes no sense. You you alienate people when you do that. You understand? Krause told me something that was so important, and he reminds me of it all the time. People don't come here to hear my political jargon and hear my political speeches. They barely come here to hear my football knowledge or to hear the football news or the guests we have because people have the attention span nowadays of a gnat, especially on our platform. So talking about things that people don't give a shit about is not going to keep people focused or keep people engaged. It's right. So when you're talking Madden and you're dropping Kaepernick into that, I'm like, you think people, you've alienated half the room because you're going to have people say, I'm not buying Madden now. He's politis- They've even politicized Madden. And by the way, whatever your feelings are about Colin, I'm not here telling you either way. I'm not, I'm not going to go through that. I've done that before and I've wasted probably three years of my life doing that. Not going back. The, the, the worst sports talk topics of all time, deflated footballs. I spent a couple of years on something as dumb as that. The Colin Kaepernick story was completely stupid. Okay. That, that was just dumb. Come, and, and Spygate. Those things were just the dumbest things on the planet. Had no bearing on anything. Had no bearing on anything. So tonight, I do think you should really give Mac Jones the majority of the snaps. I do. Because if he's closed that gap tonight for Bill, Bill's 69 years old, folks. You think he's going to sit around for the next six years developing a young quarterback and then sitting there waiting around? Let's find out right now. You know what you have with Cam Newton. I do think that this camp and this training camp and exhibition season is important for Cam. But if you're Belichick, it's not like you're 58 years old here. You're in a position right now where you're coaching right in the, What do you think Bill Belichick is coaching for, folks? Here, let's, let, let's, let's throw this out right now. What do you think Bill Belichick is coaching for? I know some of you would say the obvious. He's coaching for another Super Bowl. No, he's not. Bill knows right now, and so do you, and so does everyone else out there watching us. The football team that's constructed right now and the roster that he has is not a Super Bowl roster. He knows this. So tell me what else he's playing for. Respectability? Come on. He's, he doesn't need it. His resume set. What's the one thing he wants to put on his resume that would solidify that he's the greatest coach in the history of the NFL? I can't believe that nobody's been reporting on this and nobody's really broached this. He's coming up on Don Shula's overall regular season coaching record. He's coming up on that. He wants that record. He wants that record. Joey, he doesn't have a Super Bowl roster right now. That's three years away, if anything. Maybe Mac Jones is the guy that's going to do that. Wins. It's right. This guy's trying to chase down Don Shula's number. I think it's 324. 
all-time in wins, regular season. He wants that number. He totally does. Matt says, Eagles have a top five O-line and D-line. Dude, you're three years too late. You're three years too late, man. They were three years ago. They're not any longer there. The Eagles do not have a top five O-line or D-line. They do not. A lot of proof that they have to have there with that. Let's see here. He's trying to get the Shula record. Win percentage, he'll never chase down John Madden. John Madden's got the old. I think John Madden's record is 754. 754 win percentage. He's never chasing that down. And he's not going to chase that down with Cam Newton. He's just not going to chase it down. That football team that he has constructed right now for the next three years, unless they get Aaron Rodgers in there next year, which could they? Maybe. Could they get Rodgers into New England? How about that move? The Packers trade the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers to New England, and New England sends Mac Jones back to, um, to Green Bay. If you're not sold that Jordan loves your guy, okay? So, third in sacks last year. Okay, third in sacks, and the football team gave up a ton of yards against the run, too. And when you're th- when, when the football team that you're playing against is constantly chucking the ball down the secondary because you're down the field because your secondary sucks out loud, you're going to get to the quarterback. Look at the points that were put up on that Eagle defense last year. We'll see. Again, I don't I, personally the best defense in that division right now is Washington. The best coach in that division is Ron Rivera. The best O-line in that division is in Washington. Hell, the best quarterback is Dak. Who's the best? I said the best coach is, is Rivera. And to go back to what Krause said, he's right on this. A lot of unknowns when it comes to the Giants. A lot of unknowns when it comes to the Eagles. Could some of these guys and some of you, you know what? Listen, I'll say this to you too. How about this? Some of you could be right here that all of a sudden, get this, the offensive line for the Eagles because they're so talented and you're able to have interchangeable parts and you're able to move these guys from guard to tackle, from left tackle to right tackle, and you're able to slide guys around like that, may gel and may end up doing what the Buccaneers offensive line did by the end of the season, barring any kind of injuries. And by the way, tonight, I think something else to take a look at. We mentioned it as we opened it up as well. The depth level of the football team is something to keep an eye on. When you see your frontline guys, if you're the Patriots or you're the Eagles tonight and you're watching, what's the drop-off going to be when you put your twos and threes in? Because in that division, you may have an opportunity of winning this division if you keep it. How about this? The healthiest team at the end of the day in the NFC East may most likely win this thing. Is that going to be Dallas? I said this yesterday about the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been unbelievably quiet. And that's why we're going to talk to Tony Casillas, who won two Super Bowls with the Jimmy Johnson Dallas Cowboys, and he works with the pregame show. And we're going to talk to him in hour number two. Um, Matt says it's a big drop-off. That's scary, Matt. That's scary. Okay? So that means your quarterback has to be – this is why, again, 
you don't put Flacco in if you're the Eagles. You need mobility back there. If you sustain any kind of injuries in the offensive line, if you're the Eagles, you've got to have a mobile guy back there to cover some of your deficiencies. You know, I said this years ago about when Steve Young was playing for the 49ers. You know, one of the reasons why Joe Montana was starting to get injured so much at the end of his career is because that offensive line started going the other way. Steve Wallace started getting hurt. Harris Spartan started getting hurt. Jesse Sapolo started getting hurt. Randy Cross retired. And you were starting to see that offensive line start to go the other way who had been intact for over a decade. Well, how do you cover that? A mobile guy covers it. That's why Young was implemented and put in, and they ended up trading Joe Montana to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, it was great. It was great when you saw Joe go to Kansas City and he still took the team to the AFC Championship game. Guy was... <laughs> Guy was a went away from one of the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. How crazy is that? I mean, it's so Brady-ish, right? But I talked to Walsh numerous times over it, and Walsh had said it, man. You had to put Steve Young in because the offensive line was aging. It took us time to get other guys in and implemented in, to putting them in there because the old line was just getting too old. So to me, that was essential. That was essential. Yeah, well, Joey, this is what I'm always going to do, and this is what I think I should be doing all the time. When you go into a sub shop, Joey says it's great that we're starting to implement some of the people with their comments into the show here. Well, when somebody walks in and say I have an Italian pizza place, and they walk in and they hear me talking about Detroit Tigers, or they hear me talking about, I don't know, you know, euros <laughs> or Chinese food. And they go, I came into an Italian restaurant here. I thought I came into the Italian restaurant to get a pizza or like, you know, get a, get a hoagie, man. You know, I came in here to get a pastrami sandwich. I didn't come in here like to get a euro. I came in here to get an Italian food, you know. Always give them what they want, dog. <laughs> right, Joe? That, that See, hey, when people come into places like Pittsburgh, Boston, or Philly, and they start talking about Detroit Lions, nobody cares. What? I'd rather have you talking to me about something going on on Broad Street or something going on on Piedmont Street before you start telling me some crap on what's going on in Pittsburgh. I could give a you-know-what. <laughs> Joey Krause calls it a hoagie. <laughs> He calls it a hoagie, man. That means, that means he's from Jersey. <laughs> People in Jersey call him hoagies, dog. Yeah, wedges, right? I think that's what the West Coast dudes call them. They call them wedges. See, I, I got out to the Midwest years ago, and because, you know, I, I used to always call my shoes sneakers. And People go, what's sneakers? Aren't they tennis shoes? I go, no, I don't play tennis, sorry. No, they're tennis shoes. No, I don't have tennis shoes. No, no, the stuff you're wearing, the Converse you're wearing. No, they're sneakers. <laughs> they're sneakers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, man. So I'm going to, you know, again, so when you're looking at this game here tonight, the next game, the game three, because there's only going to be three, I think, exhibition games outside of Pittsburgh and Dallas because they played the Hall of Fame game. It's only going to be three exhibition games because they added the 
17th game to the season this year. Um, that game's just going to be – that's going to be a do-nothing game. That's totally going to be a do-nothing game. This game tonight, you're going to see a little bit of your ones playing a little bit more. This is going to be more of your dress rehearsal, okay? All right. If you want to bring anything up about tonight's game, just post it. We'll talk about it. I also want to show you why there's a big difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I want to hit on that. We'll get to all your comments. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. National Football Show. 
By the way, Chris, I'll respond to you here in a minute. If you want to post any comment, have at it. I learned a massive lesson. Unlike the radio turds that are on the air, by the way, I have a national radio show. I don't talk about things that you guys don't want to talk about. That's not what I do here. It, it, it's like, you know, it's what my audience wants and what you guys want. That's what moves the show. Okay? Me talking about the Seattle Seahawks. If that's not what people are listening to today, why would I talk about it? That's a tune-out. 90% of the sports talk radio guys do that. That's why in Philly or in Boston or in New York, you only talk about certain things, which your audience wants. By the way, Ken, I guess this is kind of Philly-ish. There's a Jerome Brown hat. One of my good guys, man. God, I love Jerome. There's another one of them. Yeah. He was my running mate, in case some of you don't know, at the University of Miami. And we tortured a lot of football teams. Yes, Krause, including Alabama. No Saban then, but. And so, like, Chris is saying he got a top five O-line, top five D-line. Come on, Bob. Come on. You sound like Krause. Oh, we're great. No, no, you're not proven. You have done the O-line shuffle. Let's not get crazy here. You think you have great running backs? Defense, really? Uh, Haas. Wishful thinking. Did you not watch that football team last year with the injuries too? The inconsistency at the quarterback? Hey, man. See, every time there's a Jerome, there's a Jerome showing. And there's a Jerome mention. Sorry, man. I've got to do it again. I was so happy. I went to the link a couple of years ago for Army Navy. And I looked up, man, and I said, is that 99 there at the link? That's so freaking awesome to see my boy's name up there and that they retired him like that. I mean, I love that, man. Do you know how hard it is? Jerome used to ride his scooter over at the vet, and I show up one year over there. Get this. So they were doing off-season workouts. Jerome's on his scooter at the vet in that parking lot they got. He's doing like 100 miles an hour, man. And Jeff Fisher, I think, was the D-line coach. He goes, can you talk to him? I went, man, I haven't been able to talk to that guy in five years about crap like that. Unfortunately, that's how he passed away with speed. I'll never forget that day, man. One of the absolute worst days in the history of my life. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you guys the story. So I'm up in, I'm up in Connecticut where I'm from and Jerome had been to my house numerous times, him and Michael Irvin, man, I love them dudes, just great people. And my grandfather loved him, just loved Jerome, big old happy guy, made everybody just feel great about himself. Jerome was such a leader too. Hey, I'll tell you this. If Jerome stays alive, Richie White doesn't leave Philly because Jerome would never have left Philadelphia. No way. You guys don't understand the history of why he was drafted by the Eagles. Okay? I knew that you guys were taking Jerome Brown 
a year before you took him. Do you know who the owner of the team was then? The owner of the team was Norman Brayman. And Norman Brayman owns the biggest Cadillac dealership. Um, he owns the biggest Cadillac dealership in the entire Southeast. And he used to come over to our practice and go, Jerome, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to draft you. And we knew right. I go, well, why not me? Wait a minute. Why not me? I'm Italian. I fit in better in Philly than he does. You got another year on your, under your belt. And buddy likes him more. <laughs> I was like, what? What crap is Xander saying now? Xander has the Giants over the Eagles. I do. I do. Offensive line. Okay, you guys think you have a better old line? I think they're comparable. I think the Giant defense is better, and I think the Giant running game is better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Muhammad, man. Now, wait a minute. Sticky green versus, let me see, hash. There's great hash oil in Europe, just so we're keeping score here, okay? Just so we're keeping score. Hash oil in Europe. Maybe I could be smoking then. But right now, Giants over the Eagles. I told you this yesterday. Here's my NFC East. Are you ready? Here's the NFC East. Washington. Cowboys. Giants. And the Eagles. <laughs> Come on, man. Eagles are a 6-11 football team. Uh, yeah. Oh, what do you mean? Okay, now we're getting to wow. Give me a break. Give me wow. I'm actually falling in love with this here a little bit because this is what you guys want to talk about. Xander just fell off his chair. He always falls off his chair because he's got this, like, He's got this Philly love for, you know, the Eagles, you know, and he sees the Eagles. See, every Eagle fan that has these, like, rose-colored glasses on, you know what they do? They always see a 10-win team. Oh, Devontae Smith, this guy's a star. No, he's not. Well, he was the star at Bama. I know he was. So is team on floor. Hang on. Hang on to yourself. Look at the O-line, man. That's a good O-line. I agree. I agree. Great old line like three years ago when you guys won the Super Bowl and beat the living piss out of the Patriots. What made that team? I'll give you a comparison. Watch this, guys. Okay. What you're seeing in Indianapolis on what Frank Reich has built, Frank Reich has built your Eagle football team. They, they finished in the top 10 in both offense and defense last year. It's the only group in the league that has that. And Frank built that team exactly like the Eagles were built three years ago. Exactly like that team was built. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, man. Because it's like like my boy uh, Krause says, it's uh, California commie. They can't keep the lights on. 
<laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Just remember, guys, we're all East Coast guys. I know my boy Joey B lives in Colorado. Colorado's okay with me. I'm all right. They sell pot in the Walmarts. We're good. <laughs> hey, 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 Joey, you guys, is that true? You sell pot in the uh, Walmarts, right? You can walk in and buy yourself a six pack of beer and, all we, and go over to the dispensers and go, hey, man, I'll take a gram of weed. <laughs> right? From what I understand, it's from, you know, from what I heard from Zeke Elliott going in. So you you think really the Eagles are not the last place team in the East? Man. Pot in the Walmarts. <laughs> good, good call, Mohammed. Good call, man. No, I, hey. What what's his what's his name said the other day, man? Howard Eskin said that the Eagles are not going to play a lot of their front line guys in this game tonight against the Patriots. I'm disappointed with that. Oh, so you're an Eagle fan in Knoxville, Carlos. Well, hey, dude, wait a minute. That Tennessee Titans team is freaking good, dude. And now with A.J. Brown and with Julio Jones, these two gigantic dudes on the perimeter, that's that's a good-looking football team. Not as good as they were before defensively, and I think the last, like, two years ago, they were really good defensively. Okay? There's pot in Tennessee. <laughs> I only thought there were rednecks. I kid. I kid. I kid. All right. Let me take a quick timeout. We'll reset. Don't forget, Tony Casillas will also join us. Okay? Two Super Bowl championships with the Cowboys. We'll see where he thinks they fit in. And we will talk with our friend, Bill Romanowski. Hey, guys, you know Romo played for the Eagles, too, a little bit, too. Won Super Bowls. Has four ranks. We'll talk to him. That's hour two. You keep it here on the Dan Cilio Show and the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. the owner of two Super Bowl rings with the Dallas Cowboys, played on those Jimmy Johnson Super Bowl teams. Bill Romanowski, bottom of the hour, the owner of four Super Bowl rings and the CEO of Nutrition 53, played for the Eagles, the Raiders, Broncos, and 49ers. Owns four Super Bowl rings. So today... We are basically going to be talking to guys that have six Super Bowls. So that'll be up a little bit later on. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, we apologize because we're in commie California here. The uh, the internet going in and out here just makes no sense. It's the carrier and all this and that. So we appreciate everybody hanging tight with us. We know everybody, uh, again, has different options, and we appreciate you guys. Rolling in here. Matt, I remember when Jerome Brown played with one arm and his other arm was taped to his body. Yeah, JB, I remember that day too. He said, Sills, I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel anything. By the way, I got to tell you guys a Buddy Ryan story. Okay? I got to tell you guys this. You're going to love this. And this is so Buddy Ryan. And by the way, Mike, Mike Gullick will join us next week too. I talked to Mike. He's out. And he's on the road and he's away from home. He's traveling. So next week he said he's going to come on the show too. So after I, after I got, how about this? After I left the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay, after I was released, the Philadelphia Eagles bring me up and I go over to the vet. I do a workout for the guy. I forget who the hell the guy was were and all this and that. And this was a night. This was like on a Tuesday. And you guys had played the Giants. And you guys were playing the Giants. And I I think the Eagles had just a horrible game. And Jerome had a horrible game. Buddy Ryan 
was so pissed. I walk in or I work out. The Eagle guys bring me in. They go, hey, got to go over and see Buddy. Go over and see Buddy. Go see Buddy. And Buddy Ryan goes like this. He goes, you think I want another one of you guys in here? I look over at Jerome. I go like this. You SOB. And Buddy just turns and walks away. I get on an airplane. I'm off to San Francisco. I went to a couple teams. I ended up landing in Dallas. And I looked over at him and I went, you son. The Eagles were going to sign me. But because Jerome had played so poorly in that game against the Giants, Buddy was so pissed at him, man. Oh, my God. He was so pissed. And, um, yeah, he just, without a doubt, man. So, anyway. All right. Hey, we appreciate everybody hanging tight with us. Hopefully the stream ends up correcting itself here and we'll end up being able to connect once again here. We appreciate everybody listening to us here. Um, let me get into a comment here I want to make to you guys about, about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers said something the other day. And you know what, man? I'll tell you something. It, it bugged me. It really did. It bugged me. And I'm going to tell you what that was. So Rodgers goes like this. You know, I was all the way up until 50-50 whether or not I was going to play this year. All the way up until the final week. Now, whether you believe that or not, okay, whether you believe that or not, dude, I find that to be troubling. Here is the difference between Brady. I'll tell you something. Here's the difference between people who want to be all in and the people who are not all in. Let's not make any, you know, any excuses for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is brilliant. Do we all agree? Rodgers is one of the most brilliant quarterbacks we've ever seen spin the rock. Am I right when I say that? But when you're not all in, you'd have to drag Tom Brady's body off a field. You'd have to drag some of these guys off the field for them not to go out there with their guys. See, personally, here is the difference. Here is the difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? I bet you guys know people like this. Is that a guy you think would be in a foxhole with you and always have your back? Or do you think he'd jump ship on you? Every guy that plays in the NFL, that's how you look a teammate in the face. You think that guy's got my back? I'm out here breaking my balls here for this guy. You're an offensive lineman. You're, you're on the other side of the ball. You're working your ass off. You want to win games. And Rodgers is not all in. I don't know. To me, sometimes, those are the guys that I don't want on my football team. I'll take guys that are always all in. Doesn't Brady come off like he's always all in? And you know what? I know some of you guys are saying, this guy kisses Brady's ass. No, I kiss greatness's ass. I'm not really a Tom Brady fan. I'm a fan of greatness. If I see greatness, I, I, I marvel at it. I respect it. You know, I'm not a fan of LeBron James, but I'll tell you what I am a fan of. The guy's one of the five greatest players in the history of the sport. Mad, you're right. He's a warrior. Every quarterback that plays tonight, Mac Jones, he lives in the shadow of Tom Brady. 
Cam Newton, Jalen Hurts, every guy that plays in the NFL, you live in the shadow of that guy now. He has set a standard. He has set a standard for every quarterback to follow. And you know what? It becomes evident by the actions of these quarterbacks as of late. Let me give you a for instance here. Okay. Brady decides that he hates it in New England because he doesn't like the fact they're not retooling the team for him, even though he's taking haircuts when it comes to retooling the personnel up there in New England. Do we all agree that Brady left New England because the Patriots didn't live up to their end of the deal? If Brady was going to take pay cuts, you needed to take that money. Where the hell did the money go? When Brady left the New England Patriots, it's in the same shape it was two years ago. There's nobody there. Who, Edelman? You couldn't name me a tight end they got. Then they had to go out and draft this kid to kill Harry at Arizona State, who's turned out to be really nothing. There's nothing on that team that you went like this. Wow. Wow. So Brady said, I'm out. He, he goes like this, I'm completely out. So what did other quarterbacks start doing? In the offseason, Russell Wilson started kicking tires. Aaron Rodgers bitched and whined all offseason. He bitched and whined all offseason. Man, you know, I don't like the way they treat me. And, you know, my guys, shut up, dude. Play the game. And there's a difference, man. When you're a quarterback in this league, you've got to show a couple of traits that players are going to follow you in. You know what that is? Toughness. Are you going to stand in the pocket and take a beating? Are you going to lead? Are you going to be a good teammate? Brady's greatest asset is being a great teammate. I'll tell you something that I've learned about Jalen Hurts. And you know what? I think he's a Band-Aid. I don't really think that Jalen Hurts is a guy that is going to be a person that you do this. I really don't think that, you know, he's, he, he's going to be a franchise quarterback. But I'll tell you one thing that he is showing. He's showing that he's a good teammate. He's showing you that he's all in. He's showing you that he gets along with pretty much everybody in that locker room. I wouldn't say pretty much. I'd say everybody. And he's doing the fundamental things right now, in my opinion, that everyone's looking at that maybe the things that Carson Wentz didn't do, he's doing. There's no question. People came to him and said, Wentz wasn't a very good teammate at the end. He may have been a really good teammate when things were going well and he was front running. And I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is as well. I think Aaron Rodgers is a front runner. I don't really think he's one of these guys when the chips are down, that's a guy you just want to throw everything on his back and say, lead me. I, don't, I, I just don't see that guy. He's one in four in NFC championship games, and he's proven with his past efforts that that's not a guy, and by his comments. Now, he, he, he's going to have a great year just because of who he is. He's a phenomenal football player. He is a phenomenal player. And he's also a guy that really has a lot of skill. And he's got skilled players around him, and he knows it. That's the difference I see between these two. Is Aaron Rodgers more talented? Absolutely. Is Patrick Mahomes more talented than Brady? Absolutely. I think this is one of the great assets that Dak Prescott has. 
I think Dak Prescott shows great leadership. You know, I was telling you a couple days ago about Dan Mullen. I was talking to him about the fact that, you know, he had him at Mississippi State. Dan said, I'll tell you something. You can never question his teammates loving the guy. You can never question how the league just follows the guy and how the league reveres the guy. He's just one of those kind of dudes, man. And, you know, I mean, that, that that's the kind of guy that you want on your football team. You want guys like that that are going to be all in, and Dak is all in. You know, I also said this about the guy. If you wanted to put a game plan together or you wanted to put a rookie playbook together on how you act and how you become part of the league or how you become a face of a team, Dak Prescott has written it. He ended up, you know, last year, do you know that he was the highest paid American athlete? And I don't even know what the hell he was doing to become the highest paid American athlete. I mean, you know, I mean, he he definitely has taken the baton and the Cowboys revere him. Whether or not they play him a lot in the exhibition season, there was a comment made today by Stephen Jones saying that they're going to try to get him some snaps during the exhibition season. I would say this to you. Why would we be doing any kind of work if you're talking about a guy who potentially could have a shoulder injury or potentially could end up being something that could be long-lasting if you're not really getting this guy the rest that he needs? The only way to get that shoulder in any kind of shape is to give him some rest. So hopefully we're going to talk to Tony Casillas here in a minute who covers the Dallas Cowboys and won two Super Bowls himself and we'll see what he has to say here as we get ready for the Dallas Cowboys. Again, the, 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 that's all the traits that we're starting to see, you know, coming out of Jalen Hurts. I also think we're starting to see a little bit of that coming out of um, Mac Jones. And I think that's one of the reasons tonight, this game tonight, when we're talking about who gets the most reps, I think that's going to be a telling sign tonight when we're talking about who may be the starting quarterback going into the opening week for the Patriots? Is it going to be the rookie or is it going to be Cam? You know, I've been saying the last couple, you know, days here that make no mistake about it, that football team is built for Cam right now. But Mac has really taken his skill set and he has taken the baton here and he's been able to do this. He's been able to take the talent that's around him right now. And he's been able to do the things that it takes to win with the current talent around him. So, all right. We're going to take a quick time out here. And we will sit here and see if we can catch up with our friend Tony Casillas. You stay tuned. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. 
Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Bill Romanowski also to join us here, and hopefully we can get both these guys in here before the top of the hour. Carlos says, all in on the Eagles, Dan. Here you are, are you? All right. Let's go over to our friend Tony Casillas, and we bring our friend in now. And I watched Hard Knocks the other night, and I saw Tony's tweet the other day, and it said, boy, Cowboys are boring? Since when, Tony, are the Cowboys boring, brother? <laughs> you know, Big Dan, it was just, it, I guess it was made in reference in the context. I've been watching some crazy Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I was chaos at my wife watches around 11 p.m. at night where they proceed to just yell at each other. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean it in. I didn't mean it in that vein. I think it's not boring. Look, I, I think that we like the storyline. We like the good stories. Uh, of, you know, the camp, but I don't know. I just, maybe just, maybe I've been desensitized by all these reality shows where, you know, and I had people like, you know, tweeting back at me, Hey, we don't need any drama. I don't want that kind of drama. I want 
very productive drama, if that makes sense. You know, I would say this to you, Tony. You just kind of broached it a little bit. Maybe this is a good <laughs> thing that these guys here are not making any noise, and the only noise that you've really heard so far has been from the owner. Maybe this is exactly what this team needs, kind of flying. You know, I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys can ever fly under the radar, but, Tony, maybe this is what they need right now. Maybe just that, you know what, be focused, go in and try to win an NFC East. Yeah, and, and and look, I I think it was just more of a, a fun uh, tweet to put out there, and I and I agree. You don't want to obviously stuff off the field drama. You want stuff in camp. I think the whole the whole storyline behind you know, guys that you know, there's 90 guys in a camp, and they're going to cut it down to 53. Dan, you know the numbers. We we see those stories, and they, you know they portray the the Grand Reaper, you're knocking on a door. It, it, and so you like those feel-good stories, and that kind of dramatizes it just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think that – yeah, I think you're on to something because we don't want that type of drama. We want to – if you're a Cowboys fan and a Cowboys, you know, player, you want things to be very easy. You know, you don't need any sidebar things going on. And uh, so I agree with that. But, uh, you know, there's nothing like a good story when you watch reality TV and hard knocks and – you know, maybe that's just lack of production. <laughs> do, do you like the Cowboys on Hard Knocks? Do you think it's a good or bad thing? You think it's something that you know you enjoy every year? Do you think that again, as a player, I don't know if I want a camera in my face when you know we're talking about getting cut or not getting cut, or you know, right. coaches' conversations with the players and such. But how do you see the Hard Knocks? Do you like it, Tony? Well, you know, maybe it's the access now with COVID. You know, I, I went out there. Um, the beginning of camp, my daughter was actually able to do an internship in marketing in Oxnard. So we actually went out there. So I don't think you have full access, if you will, Dan, because of COVID. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people kind of, you know, back, uh, they resist uh, because the Cowboys, it's it's always the same thing. I've been hearing this for 25 years. They haven't been relevant. They haven't won anything yet. They're celebrating being on hard knocks because it is kind of a cool deal. I think you know, Look, I think it's uh, – I would have no problem with it. I think you just you – know, it's not total – I guess total uh, you know, disclosure. Um, but it does give you the behind the curtain, if you will, what it's like to be in camp. And, I, you know, I, I think that when you look at guys like Zeke and Dak, the whole story about that, and, you know, guys that don't know how to wrap gifts, that was kind of portrayed on the first – you know, that was one of the stories in the first episode – you know, those are real stuff. You know, it's real stuff. But, you know, the reality of, of NFL football, I think people want to see that and they want to fill it. And, you know, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you get excited. You have all these expectations every year like they they do. They've been doing for the, the past in the past. So it just adds a lot more to it. It adds more the expectation and the fact that, you know, this is our year. Unfortunately, uh, Cowboys have been saying that too often over the last few years. Absolutely, Tony. That leads me to this. I mean, you know, I was just talking about the NFC East, and funny, I I still see the Cowboys as the second-best team in the NFC East behind Washington because, you know, I mean, nine guys, Tony, and that 11-man defensive football team from a year ago, I thought they needed to be replaced, including Jalen Smith, including some of these other high-priced guys. I mean, you know, they go out, they get the kid from Penn State, where do you see this Cowboys team landing for you, at least going in, you know, to the 
first part of the regular season with the current roster they've constructed, you think they could be a playoff team? Well, I think they certainly can win the MCEs. And I don't know if that's saying a whole lot, Dan, because uh, just the, you know, the landscape of it. But uh, I think obviously they got to get better on defense. The players, uh, they're the, the guys that, that block for the franchise quarterback. The franchise quarterback has to stay healthy. Uh, those things got to happen. It cannot be a debacle on the defensive side of all like it was last year. And I think that that's really the focus has been in the offseason. You go out and get someone like Dan Quinn, who, you know, I like the dude. I think he's kind of like old school and Vogue put together. And if you watch Hard Knocks, I just think that the connection there, you know, some of the guys that they added in the offseason, some of his guys, uh, you know, they they brought Malik Hooker in. And I think that he's going to ask the back end because – I think it's really they struggled at the safety position. Um, but I think a defensive line, that's a great question. You mentioned Jalen Smith. I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a role for him. You mentioned yeah. Micah Parsons. Uh, I, I think that you've watched a lot of football and you just know when it's very effortless. Um, it's just you navigate through a lot of stuff that some guys can't navigate through through. And when you're when you're talking about that position of linebacker, you see things more in more plain sight. And I think Jalen has really, really struggled with that for one reason. I for some other for some reason, his brand is more important than actually producing on the field. And I think he gets a lot of he gets a lot of criticism for that. Uh, in saying that, I think Jabril Cox is a, is a player. Um, I think he's a guy that really they wanted to bring in. Dan Quinn style of linebackers, whether they're rookies, whatever that may be, uh, and then kind of tinker with what they have. But, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, to me, that's going to be, the, you know, he has yet to practice because he's had a back issue, uh, had another back surgery. Uh, Randy Gregory can be great at times. Uh, you know, now he can, if he, he, you know, obviously can stay on the field because of some of the, some of the drug testing and the policy that they have allowed. So, I think he's kind of turned his his life around, uh, his football life around, and I think it just comes inside. I think last year they were so bad at, at stopping the run; it was just embarrassing. And I think Dan Quinn has that type of kind of feel and and vibe with connect with players, and you just know when you see a football dude that you can relate to, that understands the game, understands each one's role. Um, I think a lot is going to be put on what Dan Quinn can do to fix this defense. I got to, I got to throw this at you here. I know that you and I, it's really cool because we have a tie in, in the fact that, um, you know, Jimmy Johnson went into the pro football hall of fame and you played for coach. And I was just wondering what you thought when you saw coach. And I wonder what your feelings were, Tony, you know, cause Troy obviously was very emotional when, it was announced that he would go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I was just wondering what you thought of Jimmy going into Canton. Well, it was great. I, I had a chance, and really, it was just great to have him. I did a podcast, and I had him on my show. And, you know, I think everyone has Jimmy stories. I mean, obviously, your connection with the with the, the U. And if you've ever been around a, a guy that just hates losing, he is the epitome of that. I mean, at times, it's he does some crazy coaching tactics. And you're just scratching your head, and like you're doing what? I mean, you're you're making us. You're not feeding us. Be on the on the way home, on the way home on the plane because we lost the game. You're not feeding us. You're telling the flight attendants, no, they don't need anything to eat. 
By the um, way, I want so I want to give the reference. I want to give the reference to that. Troy Aikman told me the story that I guess you guys played a bad game <laughs> against Washington, and he, he wouldn't give you guys a meal on the way home. <laughs> no, no. It, it, and look, that's that's a true story. So you can't make this crap this stuff up, man. That's Jimmy. And <laughs> so that story about losing to Washington and no one's like, well, they're getting ready to the flight attendants are getting ready to service. You know, our, our mill on the way home, he says, no, don't do that. They don't need to eat. They didn't earn it. And uh, and I asked him, I said, what, what is what is this psychological thought press process? He goes, I just wanted you guys to hate losing. And I was like, coach, I mean, we hate, lo- we hate losing, but the reality is that we're freaking going to lose. But, um, you know, I think it was long over to do. Um, and... <laughs> And I, I just, there, I got one real quick one is when we, during the preseason, which is meaningless. And, you know, I think there's a lot to the, the preseason, you know, they got the rehearsal game, but we all know as players, you, you know what you got to do, the checks and balances, but we're horrible during preseason. There's a preseason game on special teams and special teams is for Jimmy is, look, that's his deal. Okay. So after the game, he was pissed off. Excuse my language. He, you know, he was upset in the locker and said, you know what? You guys played like, you guys played horrible. We're going to fix this tomorrow. I'm like, okay, here we go. Okay. So we're all thinking, okay, we're getting all sick anxiety, but what's he going to do tomorrow? Well, the next day, Dan, the way he's going to, he's going to rectify that and fix it. He made everyone on the entire team run down on the kickoff team. True story. (laughs) 350 pound linemen, franchise quarterbacks. And he goes, you know, I just wanted you guys to, you know, it was part of conditioning. I'm like, no, it wasn't conditioning, Jimmy. It was a point that you, you, you made. And guess what? The next week, special teams were a hell of a lot better. But, you know, I was just so – I was just – you know, I think that Jimmy, I think everyone uh, responds to him differently. And, you know, if he's if he believes in it, he's going to give you an opportunity. I mean, it's – you got to take the chance. And, look, when I went to Dallas, man, I had the opportunity and I took advantage of it. And – um, you know, he's that kind of guy, you, you know what, the whole thing with him getting in the, in the hall of fame, you could see his emotion and Dan, you know, you've been around the man, Jimmy doesn't show a lot of emotion, but to see that raw emotion, that's kind of what I want to see in hard knocks. You know, I don't want to, yeah, I, but my point is, is that you see the raw emotion in his face and you think and a guy that's really just wants something so bad that it hurts the same finally accomplishment accomplishment is something that we all accomplish because we're part of it. So um, that was the best thing to do is being able to interview and ask him about his whole process and, and his whole understanding of it. Absolutely. I, I can't thank you enough, Tony, for coming on and doing this and talking little Cowboys. And you know, my, my friendship with you now is something that I really hold close to me. And um, I absolutely love you, brother. And I appreciate it so much. You finding time. Thank you so much, Tony. Anytime, brother. Have a good one. Stay healthy. You got it. You got it. That's my friend Tony Casillas, the owner of two Super Bowl championships. All right. Now, you think that's good? Owning two Super Bowls. How about owning four Super Bowls and having four Super Bowl rings? We bring in our friend Bill Romanowski here. So Bill's got two from the Niners, Broncos, um, was a Raider and also a – Philadelphia Eagle, if I'm not mistaken, and of course, a legendary Boston College man. He joins us now here on the National Football Show. Bill, give me your sense of preseason football. Were you a fan of it or were you not a fan of it? You know what, Danny? I loved preseason. 
any time that I could literally take the field, I loved it. So I had no issues with preseason. I wanted to play every down I possibly could, you know, and that was just my mentality because for me, if I was on the sideline, that meant somebody else was out on the field. And a lot of, most of my career, I was first team and I didn't want anyone else to get my reps because you never know when the next great guy is going to come along to take your job. You know, Bill, they're starting to do something new now with these controlled scrimmages. And I know during our time, we would have these controlled controlled scrimmages. When I was with the Cowboys, we would be at Thousand Oaks and we would go down to the Raiders. Funny, they were an Oxnard at the time. And we would scrimmage against the Raiders when they were in Oxnard. Now the Cowboys are in Oxnard. It's kind of crazy. And then we would play a game. You're starting to see more people not put their ones in during the exhibition games. But these controlled scrimmages now are giving more of an opportunity for the teams and the coaches to evaluate. Do you think that's a mistake? I, I like the games like you, Bill. I think you get more of a sense of what you're going to do when you have game situations more than a controlled scrimmage. What says you? I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. At, at the end of the day, you know, you need to know when the lights are on, can this guy play or not? And, you know, there are some guys that are gamers and there's some guys that are practice stars. And sometimes when the lights are on, they freeze and can't handle the pressure. And it's just a reality. But, hey, anytime I could get on that field, I wanted to be on that field. Bill, give me your sense of what you're, th- what you're seeing so far with the 49ers as they get ready for the 2021 season. Obviously, they move up. They get Trey Lance. Garoppolo looks like he's healthy so far. There's been a lot of conversation on how well Lance has looked. I mean, is this Jimmy Garoppolo's team to lose um, during this exhibition season? Do you think they're going to start Jimmy G as they get into the 2021 season? Or do you think Kyle Shanahan's trying to make a make a point where they're going to see some plays for him maybe uh, in September here? You know what? I was just, Dan, I was just having this conversation with, with a friend of mine, and basically, you know, I said, hey, if Trey Lance is ready to go, I think you start him and you go with him because you never know when the next Patrick Mahomes is going to be there. And, and you, you just never know. So that's, that's my thing. We know what you get with Jimmy G. Jimmy G can't stay healthy. So it's an just a, you know, you, ne- you never know when he's going to get hurt. So you might as well go with the young kid if he's ready for the pressure and you know he can handle it. And you only know by these games, these preseason games, letting him take as many snaps as you can. I agree with you, Bill. I think you make a move to get up to three. I mean, you just don't want to put the Ferrari in the garage and let it sit there. Let the kid get out there and play. Let me take you over to Denver. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get the start against Seattle. Drew Locke has looked a little bit better, Bill. I mean, yet again, it's preseason, but the last two years he hasn't really looked all that well. I mean, 
And I don't know where the Broncos are right now. Give me a sense where you think they are with Faggio going in to this year. Can they be a playoff team if they get the quarterback position right? You know what? They have – I think they're going to have a a pretty good defense, you know, and it's going to come down to the quarterback position, you know. Drew Locke has shown – that he throws a lot of interceptions. And when you throw interceptions, you lose ball games. That's that's the reality. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, has been a pro and played well over the years. Can he do it consistently? And can he take a team and make them believe they can beat anybody? And that's what you have to have at quarterback, Dan. And I don't think Drew Locke is got, but I think Bridgewater over the years has, has had flashes of being able to show that he can lead a team to victory. Do you agree then? Bill, I said that I think Teddy, I think it's Teddy's job because like you said, I mean, Let's not forget a couple of years ago, before he ended up getting injured in Minneapolis, this guy was a pro bowler. What he did in New Orleans when he was down with Sean Payton, then he ends up getting that contract in Carolina. I just haven't seen enough from Drew Locke. No shade on him, but I'm just saying, I, I, I feel more comfortable as a player in that locker room if I'm one of the other 52 guys that Teddy could lead me to a game where I could win. Absolutely. And- and bottom line is the Denver Broncos need to win now. And, you know, last couple of years have been rough. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater gives them the best opportunity to win. A good deep. The challenge for them is you're playing in a really good division where, you know, um, you got the best team in football quarterback. You have to go up against twice. And, you know, the rest of the division is pretty damn good. I think the Raiders are going to be better this year. And you know the Chargers are going to be better. Bill, two questions for you here, Bill. You, you mentioned the Raiders. 19-29. You think this is the turnaround year then for, um, for John Gruden? Then, and you think that team shows more improvement this year? Danny, I'm sorry I didn't. Okay, Bill, I, I'll just say, you think that you mentioned the Raiders, that this is probably the year you're saying, and you're saying that potentially we're going to see a big leap for John in that Raider team. All right, I think we've lost our connection here with, with Bill here a little bit here, and hopefully we can uh, see if we can get it. Are we, okay, let's just, let's just do this here. I think our connection is a little bit, a little bit weird right now here, but um, I like what he said about the fact that, Hey man, if Trey Lance is ready to rock and roll, let's just get out there and play the kid. All right, let's take a brief timeout. You keep it right here on the national football show. I get scared sometimes of a lot of things. Joining in decisions, the dark, the dark, but I once heard someone say, but as I always say, 
It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Sills been through a lot of bad eagle, eagle teams. Okay. I've been through the Rich Kotai years. Rich actually won 11 games one year. I would think more Marion Campbell. Those were like the grim Reaper years, I think, for Eagle fans. Where's Marion Campbell, right? I think it was I think that may have been the worst era of. Eagle football was the Campbell era. Kotai at the end, though, man. He, the problem with Kotai was is that nobody on that Eagle football team liked him. The defensive guys hated that guy. Oh, my God, did they hate that guy. Jerome told, hey, 
they, when 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 Kotai got that job, th- another reason Reggie left. Team was getting sold, whole thing. It just was falling apart. That's why he went to. Nobody goes to Green Bay. Okay, <laughs> nobody goes to Green Bay. I mean, how many big time free agents have you ever? Reggie White is probably the biggest free agent in the history of the Green Bay Packers. Brett Favre was a trade. Okay, Reggie was like a free agent move. Nobody goes there. Well, let me sign with the Packers because, you know, that's one of the destinations on the planet that you want to go and play. That's not what that was. Yeah, hey, I put out there on my Twitter page, man, the stuff that's going on in Afghanistan. If you had to compare the president's actions right now to a coach, I did put Rich Kotai. So I did throw that out. I am am guilty of that a little bit there. That's that Dan Cilio show. So, yeah, I, I I did throw that out there. All right. There, there is a lot of eyeballs and excitement on the young quarterbacks that are getting an opportunity to take some of these jobs. But I will say this, man. This kid, Zach Wilson, in New York with the Jets, I don't know. I think he's got a decent arm. But I just, you know, do you know, I'm going to throw a stat at you with the Jets. Do you know that the New York Jets, who have been a football team since 1960, they have only had one winning coach with a record over 500. And if you kind of outgrow, he was 9-7, and seven, he coached one year, and then they fired him. Bill Parcells is the only coach in Jets history that has had a winning record as a head coach. Explain to me why I believe that this is going to be any different in New York with Zach Wilson when every coach and every quarterback and every player that's ever gone through that organization has failed. Every coach that has gone through there has failed. Robert Saley is going to be the new savior of the Jets. Why? Because he was a fairly decent D coordinator with the Niners? When you look at Saley, the new head coach of the Jets, does he wow you? I mean, does he excite you? Some would say, Dan, do you think Belichick excited people when he got the job in New England? No, but I did know this, that he did win two Super Bowls with Bill Parcells as a defense coordinator with the New York Giants. I did know that. I did know that he coached Lawrence Taylor. I did know that he also put the Browns in the playoffs. I mean, quite frankly, outside of this past season here, I think only Butch Davis and Bill Belichick were the last coaches to put the Browns in the postseason in like the last 25, six years. So, I mean, it wasn't like they've had a great run of playoffs. They've had another but massive losing uh, years, ask Joe Thomas, their great offensive tackle, who's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame with the worst win percentage in the history of any Hall of Famer. Think of that for a minute. Joe Thomas is going to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame with the worst losing percentage in the history of the league, and yet he's considered one of the greatest O-linemen of all time. He took about wasted talent. That's wasted talent there. So, yeah, I, I just, once again, I mean, you know, <laughs> 
say what you will. Um, I just don't feel excited about the Jets. I never had. And, and by the way, somebody's going to go, well, you know, you, you know, you got giant tie-ins and all this and that. I do have giant tie-ins. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the Jets' record doesn't speak for itself. Okay, so there's a story going on now in Kansas City. And it's with the Honey Badger. The Honey Badger's a hell of a football player. A hell of a football player, and they want to keep him. But you know what the comments are coming out of Kansas City now? Money's a little tight. Well. You're paying a guy $500 million. You're paying Chris Jones a boatload of money on the defensive tackle side of the ball. You just gave Orlando Brown a boatload of dough. You got Travis Kelsey in the room. You got Tarek Hill. You've got all these superstar players. This is the price of winning here. Your quarterback is going to have to play ball here now. And let me go down the line here. What do you think one of the most important things that you could possibly have as a starting quarterback in your franchise? He's great. He's a Super Bowl caliber type guy that can win you the game. He's the great face of the franchise. By the way, these are not things you're hoping for. These are the things you're expecting, especially today when you're paying $35 million. I'm going to expect this. Great face of the franchise. We were talking about Dak a couple minutes ago. Great great face of the franchise. Has massive talent. Can win the Super Bowl. That's one of the most obvious, important questions you have to ask. Can that guy win me a Super Bowl? Now, look, I don't think that people were sitting there when Joe Flacco came out of Delaware State that they were doing this. I think Joe Flacco can win a Super You know what I mean? I mean, some guys do. Nick Foles is a great example of that as well. But you have to have all these intangibles and then the most important thing, team-wise and structure-wise, you have to have a guy, if you're going to pay that kind of money to, you have to have a guy that's going to be willing to renegotiate his contract. And I'm not talking about taking less money. I'm talking about restructuring. And I'm also talking about not being the highest-paid guy in the league. Tom Brady was never the highest-paid quarterback in the history of his career. That's an incredible comment. He never made the most because what he did was he reinvested that money that they saved in O-line, D-line, wide receivers, going out and getting depth on the team for special teams, all that stuff. It was essential that Brady would work with the front office that's why Brady got pissed off at the very end. We were talking about that in the last hour. That's why he got pissed off at everything. It's because he was doing his part, and the Patriots didn't do their part in the end. You know, you want to hear something, and I'll you know what? I don't really think a lot of people say this enough. I think the Patriots got lazy in the end. because, Or they were missing on their draft choices, one or the other, or both. Because that team that Brady pay, played, isn't it funny? Brady's last offensive play as a Patriot was an INT. It wasn't a touchdown. It was an INT in a playoff game. I think it was against the Titans, too. I think it was in New England. I think it was against, yeah, it was Vrabel's guys. They went up there and did that to him. So you've got to have a quarterback that's going to work with you 
Patrick Mahomes, and this is why I love Lee Steinberg. Lee Steinberg is Patrick Mahomes' agent. And what they did was they made sure that that contract that they have set up here with Patrick Mahomes, that there's all kinds of off-ramps here for the Kansas City Chiefs to be able to renegotiate. Remember, it's a $500 million deal. You just can't be set in your ways with a set contract or set incentives or whatever that you've put in as a structure of the contract where you're going to sit there and you're going to hold by that. You may have to take less money when it comes to your base salary. They'll give you more in the signing bonus. But for you to be able to keep that team loaded and good players, Andy Reid knows you got you have to have a guy. That's why Mahomes ain't going anywhere unless there's any kind of uh, catastrophic injury. He's not going anywhere for the next 10 years. They feel very comfortable in him being that guy. So, to me, again, Bridgewater, or excuse me, not Bridgewater. I'll get to Teddy Bridgewater here in a second. But um, Patrick Mahomes has got to redo his contract. And if he redoes his contract here and he keeps doing it like he did, he did it at the beginning of this year already. The Chiefs are going to be in good shape and they're going to be able to keep guys. But when you're hearing an organization saying that the money's tight right now, I mean, not good. So Joey B just informs me now that Carl Lawson tore his Achilles and he's done for the year for the Jets. Jets have had a horrible week against the Packers. They've been doing these controlled scrimmages and they've lost a boatload of dudes. They have lost a boatload of guys. And again, I don't know if it's the curse of the Jets. Maybe Rex Ryan has put a hex on that team or whatever, man. That is not a good way to start. You're weak. They have had a horrible week of practice versus the Green Bay Packers. I mean, there are guys, they've had like four injuries this week. The quarterback, Zach Wilson, did not have another good week. Hadn't, didn't have that bad a game this past weekend. But um, it's the Jets. This is just one of those cursed organizations. Also, you know, I and, and, and Joey brings up the um, – Brings up the Broncos. Solid defense. It is a solid defense. Romanowski, who was just on the program, their defense is pretty good. And they do, with Judy, have some offensive weapons. That kid can play. I saw that kid play last weekend. Judy can play, dude. I mean, the problem that you have, though, is with Drew Locke. I didn't think he looked all that bad last week. I actually thought he threw some good passes last week. But I happen to agree with Bill Romanowski and our resident Bronco fan, I, ab I absolutely think that you go with Teddy Bridgewater. I think you go with the more confident guy. I think you go with the dude that's going to be able to give you an opportunity at winning some football games because he's won some football games. And so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, my opinion, um, I think he is, I, I think he's your guy that you go into the regular season with. Man, that Carl Lawson injury, man. Wow. Did I play against Patrick Sertan's father? I may have. I, I may have. That injury is unbelievable for the Jets. Holy cow. So tonight, just recap here. Let's circle back around here tonight. Let's take a look at what we're going to look at tonight. I don't know how long... Nick Sirianni's going to play. Um, I just got thrown off because Xander said roll tide. 
when in doubt, draft Bama? Really? Remember something here, folks. Miami plays Bama in the opener. Are you ready for a score? I'm going to make a prediction here. I'll get to tonight's thing. You ready for this? Hang on for it. Watch this. Here's the score of the Alabama-Miami game, Labor Day weekend. And the Hurricanes are back. You ready? I'm writing it down. Here's the score. He's, he's a Bama honk. Hold on. Miami upsets the number one team in the country. Takes the baton once again and is the Rome of college football. They once again rule the world. 35-30, the University of Miami upsets the Alabama Crimson Tide. And sends those whiners back home to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> you know why I say this? You, okay, if they beat Miami and they've lost both their wideouts who were drafted in the first round, Jalen Waddle. Look at Ken. Look at that. Look at that. We got to, there you go. There you go. And your coordinator. And their guys in the old line, and their quarterback, and their running back, and whom else? Miami's got to win this game. Way to go, Ken. 30 28. To you, baby. To you. We're going to take down the A. <laughs> We're going to take down Alabama. All right. Hey, real quick. Keep an eye on the first unit tonight on both sides of the football. We got a lot to hit on tomorrow. There will be. Uh, Patriots and Eagles tonight. And it'll be very interesting to see how much playing time the ones get against the ones um, tonight. So all good. All right. Hey, you missed any of the show. We appreciate everybody coming aboard here. We had Tony Casillas come aboard, winner of two Super Bowls. We had Bill Romanowski, also the winner of four Super Bowls. If you missed any of the show, go over to our uh, JK Media page. National Football Show. You can like it, share it, watch it a little bit later on if you'd like. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time, we shall catch you on the flip side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.